quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I'm here again just with your little reminders, keep you on the straight and narrow in your connected parenting journeys. I want to talk about this idea that children are trustworthy, even at a very young ages. We have to believe that we can trust our children to do the right thing, to make good choices, to be the best people they can be, not without falter, not without mistakes, not without mishaps, not without doing the wrong thing many times. But we have to trust that ultimately they are great people and they are born great people and they have been born with morality. So social scientists tell us that kids learn morality by watching us, by watching us be moral and good people, by watching all of the interactions that they observe from the time they are tiny babies until, you know, until we leave this earth, they're watching us. By the time they're two, it is said, social scientists tell us through research, that kids learn the bulk of morality by two. So why is it that we believe that they can't understand right and wrong at two, at three, at four, at 10, at 15? It's because I think they do some of the wrong things. And we believe that that's an indication that they are not moral and that we can't trust them because we can't trust them to make the right decisions because they're not moral people. But I'll tell you what, I think I'm a pretty moral person. I make bad decisions. I choose the wrong thing. I I have the extra piece of cake. I speed on the freeway. I will tell white lies. I'll tell my friend her dress is beautiful when it's not. I mean, I don't think I'm an immoral person. But sometimes I don't choose the right thing. Sometimes I say unkind things. Sometimes I'm mean to the people that I love. Sometimes I make big mistakes, even, you know, really big mistakes. But it doesn't mean I'm immoral. It just means that I've had an experience that I can't navigate or I've chosen wrong or I'm offline or it's situational. Who knows? But it doesn't mean I'm not trustworthy. And that's same. That's the same for our children. Our children are trustworthy people, and I think more importantly is the belief that they are. So if we believe that they're not, where does that mindset impact our parenting? Right. So if we believe that they're not trustworthy, or that we have to in impart morality onto them, that we have to teach them all the moral things by, you know, either lecture or punishment or consequences or who knows, a long, deep discussion, which to me is just a lecture or reasoning. 
if we believe that we have to do these things in parenting because our children are not trustworthy and they don't understand morality and that they need us to guide them through that explicitly, it might taint the way in which we interact with them. But if we can believe that they're trustworthy, if we can believe that they are really moral people to begin with, then we don't have to worry that they're not going to get there in any situation. So if you have the two-year-old who keeps pulling the hair of the dog, you know, pulling its tail, pulling its hair, and you feel like, oh, they don't know that it's the wrong thing to do. And I have to come in and tell them and stop it in a harsh way and say, you can't pull the doggy's tail like that. That is not okay. We don't do that. And we pull the child off of the dog. Are we teaching them morality? And is that an effective way to help them learn, you know, that this was the wrong decision? Or is our child disconnected? Are they feeling jealous around the dog? Do they have their own reasons for pulling the hair? Who knows? If we can come in with connection and say, oh, little kids who pull the dog's tail are going to get a lot of hugs and kisses. Can we come with affection? Is that what our child's looking for? Will we then be able to trust that eventually they will get there, that they will eventually stop pulling the dog's tail, that they don't want to pull the dog's tail, that they know it's an immoral thing, that they understand that it's not kind, but that they're developmentally not, not at that place right now in that very moment. They're disconnected in that moment. They haven't really processed the whole thing. They're looking for connection in that moment. And is it the spore of the bigger onion, bigger idea thing too? Like, if you just look at the situation, like the kid pulled the dog's tail and you don't look at the bigger issue, like maybe the child's jealous of the dog, the child's looking for connection. They don't know how else to get it. So they'll go for the negative. And if we are just analyzing the child pulling the dog's tail, then yeah, we can believe they're not trustworthy. They're not moral. They didn't choose the right thing. However, that's a very narrow way of looking at it. This child is trustworthy. This child is moral. And they've been watching us for two years. They've been watching the way in which we interact with other people. They've been watching the way in which we interact with them. And so if you're interacting in a way that is immoral, and I would, I would say threats and bribes and consequences and punishments and all of those things are immoral, then you might get some of that immoral behavior back at you. But that's not the child's fault. That's not because they are immoral or untrustworthy people. It's because they're following our lead. And if they're not getting the positive connection pieces and the only connection pieces or much of their connection pieces are negative, so if you're constantly saying no or you're constantly correcting, and even if you're gently correcting, even if you're saying, no, 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 honey, you can't touch the dog's tail like that. And a lot of people will say that to me. Well, I gently tell them, no, it doesn't work. It, it's not fruitful. It's still a no to a child. It still feels like as if they've done something wrong. And there's just, there's other better ways to do it. If we're coming in with this like negativity with them every time they do something wrong, and it's a bulk of what they're receiving as their connection, are they going to look for it and push to get it because that's the only place they're getting it? That's not immoral. That's survival. That's getting an unmet need met. So we have to believe that they're trustworthy. We have to believe that they want to do the right thing. We have to believe that they're moral people because they are. They really, really are. But there's also tons of extenuating circumstances that become part of any situation where a child might have chosen 
to do the wrong thing. And even if they've chosen to do the wrong thing, we know that's been a choice of theirs. Like people will say, oh, they did it on purpose. But why did they do it on purpose? There are many reasons why a child does it on purpose. But connection, my friends and parents, will never fail you. You can never go wrong with connection. It matters not the circumstance. This is why people will say, well, every kid's different. You know, my ADHD kid doesn't, he needs rewards and punishments. And, you know, my child doesn't respond that way. Yeah, but every child responds to connection. Every person responds to connection. Connection is love. How can you not respond to that? Connection is is attachment. Connection is bond. We're hitting pause for a moment to thank our sponsors. These brands make sure you can listen to this podcast for free. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. Let's dive back in. So if we can change the mindset, oh, my child is, is trustworthy, they are moral, then I can more deeply lean into connection and I don't have to correct my kid. I can come in with play. I can come and say, oh, somebody needs a thumb work. I can come in and be like, ooh, sassy little teenagers are going to see their mommy dance. Oh, yeah, let's get the music on. Let's see me dance. And that changes everything. And it's not a correction. And it's not an assumption of immorality. Because when you assume a child is immoral and then you come with your correction, your judgment, they're hearing you loud and clear. They're hearing your correction, but they're also witnessing your judgment. Oh, you don't think I'm right. Oh, you think I'm bad. Even in the slightest correction, a child will believe they're wrong and bad. Some will voice it. Some will internalize it. Yes, every child is different. This is so true. But no child will ever not do well with the idea of connection. It's an impossibility. 
all of us want to feel deeply connected. All of us want to feel attached. All of us want to be loved unconditionally. So yes, you might not get perfect behavior without using rewards and punishments with your ADHD kid, but you might not get perfect behavior using rewards and punishments with your ADHD kid or any kid. Nobody wants to be rewarded and punished. Nobody doesn't sit well with anyone. And to say that it works is very short-sighted and not a great way to look at parenting, I don't think. So your child's trustworthy. Your child is moral. Your child wants to do the right thing. And with the more connection you use, especially in those really hard moments, the better they will behave because the better they will feel. It will never, ever be perfect. I mess up all the time. I mess up all the time. And there are moments where I think my child is not, they're not choosing the right thing. They're not moral. But I know in my heart of hearts in in totality and as a whole that they are. And I can tell you, you know, now that Esme just turned 18 last week, oh my goodness, that kid is trustworthy. I trust her explicitly. She is my emergency contact in my phone. I know that if my number comes up, that kid will be there for me, no matter what. Not because she's scared, but because she wants to be there. She told me on her birthday, we got matching tattoos on on her birthday. We got the Matryoshka doll, if any of you know these. Some call them the babushka, but they're the nesting, Russian nesting dolls. You know, they're the wooden ones. It's the mom inside of the little girl inside of the baby and it just goes down and down. And so it's like the, the sign of motherhood and, and family and child. And so we got these babushkas or matryoshka dolls tattooed on our, on our bodies on her 18th birthday. And we were driving home from, from getting these matching tattoos, which I didn't necessarily want a babushka, but I also collect them. So I was like excited that that's what she wanted to get. But she said to me, she looked at me and she said, mom, I am really so lucky to have you in my life. You truly are my best friend. And I feel like I can tell you anything. And I know lots of my friends don't have that. And I feel so lucky. And it brought tears to my eyes because that's all I ever wanted. I wanted her to feel like she was safe with me. I wanted her to feel like she could tell me everything. Now I do. I think she's one of my best friends. Do I tell her everything? No, no, I do not tell her everything. She's not old enough to hear everything. Not yet. I keep things from her. You know, I don't give her my woes and my adult hardships. And I don't make her responsible for my feelings. But I know she feels ultimately, and I tell her what I can, right? So that it feels reciprocal. But I know she feels deeply secure and attached to me. And I trust her implicitly. I trust her in every situation. Does it mean I don't worry when she goes out at night? Does it mean she wants to go, you know, on a trip this summer with her friends? Does it mean I won't worry when she's on that trip? No, I will worry. But I know she's got a good head on her shoulders. And I know she knows how to speak up for herself. And I know that she understands the morality of things. And that if she makes a bad decision, she will get help. And she will call me. And she will find her way out of it. And I trust her and I'm going to trust her when she goes away to college because she has a good head on her shoulders and she's had lots of practice of making those mistakes. But I think really shifting, especially in those teenage years, if you can shift, you know, in those teenagers, because what happens in the teenage years too, when around 11 or 12, we get really worried, oh, they're going to be out here alone and doing this and doing that. And what if, and you know, it's dangerous and the world is dangerous and there's predators and all those things are true. 
but the more trustworthy we believe they are and the better bond we have with them, that keeps them the safest. That really keeps them safe. And so I know she's safe because we're secure. And I know that that keeps her brain thinking well, you know, keeps her prefrontal online. And I know that that ultimately will bring her through the hard situations. You know, she's going to go to the frat party and say, well, how many shots should I have? There's too many shots. There's, you know, is three too many? Do I stay with my friends? Do I not stay with my friends? What do I do here? And she's smart. She's going to get there. She's going to make mistakes like we all do. But I ultimately have faith in her. So if you can believe early on that your child is trustworthy, I think that will give you the framework that you can come to them without judgment and you can come to them with the ideas of connection. So I hope that this idea permeates into your world a little bit and that you can see your children in the best light because they are the best kids. We know this. They are lovely. So trust them and they'll trust you back. Thanks for joining me on Peace and Paradigm Podcast. See you next time. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.